Every day we hoistle in a pilot and pick Todd's podcast. Welcome to the Pilots of Petards podcast. This is Drew. I'm the pragmatic and bleeding heart cyclops of this podcast. And I'm Jimbo, the anti-millennial, non-conforming, existentialist, pilot critic, and Kenny of the podcast. We got a little special episode for you this week. Um, not reviewing a pilot, although we'll hit the quest for the best before the end of the episode. So we're going to look back on the year that was and on the future. Yes, and this is going to be episode number one. So for anyone that's starting off, this is not our first episode. The date today is 16 January 2018. 19. We have been making episodes for over a year. We have 60 episodes. So for anyone that's new, we we're, we would like to direct you to this as kind of a starting point. And so, Drew, what are we doing here? What is what is the Pilots and Petards podcast? What we're doing is we're, we're two buddies who wanted to get some of that sweet, sweet podcast cash. We heard that it was a booming market with... Not a lot of other competitors, and so we decided to watch a pilot each week and decide whether or not that pilot should get hoisted, as in it's bad, or not hoisted, which is good, even though that's a negative term. What do you think we do, Jimbo? I mean, that's kind of it. We we watch the show and tell you whether the series is worth, is worth watching based off the only the pilot episode. We've fine-tuned our show a lot since then. But before we step into kind of the show structure, Drew, what is a petard? Petards are two things, Jimbo. Petards are improvised French devices to blow open doors made famous by both the French and the Shakespeare play. It's Hamlet, right? Hamlet, yes. Being hoisted on your own petard is figurative language. Now, I love that like the phrase in Hamlet is hoisted on your own petard, meaning... Did you make your own mistake? Were you defeated by your own hubris, by your own smart attitude? And so I thought the power of alliteration and this Hamlet reference would be better spread. Oh, it's not. It's not. So I have been hoisted on my petard, which ironically or unironically, depending on how you look at it, is the word petard, which we have put up with, yes, Jimbo, for now 14 months. How do you feel about petards, Jimbo? Yeah, it's cool. I like it. I... You know, I wouldn't even mind ex- expanding the petard community to, to throw in some other podcasts, maybe the politics and petard, philosophy and petards, of course, popcorn and petards, you know, the one where you go and watch the new movies, watch the movie. theater, poetry and petards. Polygamy and petards. We can talk about relationship advice. Yep, of course. Pasta and petards. That's a, that's a eating show or a cooking show even too. A lot of potential out there. Yep. A lot of potential out there. So that is the origin. That's where petards came from. It is a, you know, most people don't know what petards are. I didn't know what petards were. I had to Google search it. I did not recall that phrase. And so we assume most of our listeners are in the same boat. So that's that's fine. Our show structure has evolved. As we talked about a little bit, we are judging pilots. We usually go through highs and lows. There's a couple other uh, parts of the show that have evolved as well. We have a Crabman Award. Pretty much the Crabman has always been there. The MVP and the highs and lows have, have always been there. To hoist or not to hoist, the actual casting judgment of the pilot has always been there. And watch or rewatch. Originally, we were going to do shows that one of us, at least one of us, had seen and the other person maybe hadn't seen. That didn't last long. But So one of us would, would have been deciding whether we were going to rewatch and the other person would be deciding whether they were going to watch. 
and Jimbo, I, I, I think we're pulling back the curtain a little bit. We also originally had an idea for our unreleased first episode where the person who had watched the show was going to ask the other person to make some predictions about the rest of the show. Oh, that went real poorly. And that's a good thing that we dropped that because I don't know how popular that segment would have been. And that was one of our best early decisions, Jimbo. If, if you are new, episode 60 is much better than episode two. I'll just say that. I agree. Um, you know, the show structure from episodes like two through 35 was somewhat consistent. Since episode 36, we've broken the episodes into four parts where we do have a spoiler free section. We have a inside the pilot section, an outside the pilot section, and then we have our nonsensical part, which has petard trivia, which also we picked up episode 28. So, we, we, you know, we've had some things evolving, making our show a little longer. We're also trying to cut back, make our show be, fit into that nice 45 to 60 minute box that everyone seems to agree is, is the most ideal podcast length. And then since episode 54, we started doing mini-sodes, and that's where we break the, the spoiler-free section into its own short episode. And so far, it's, uh, you know, we have a survey results that uh, we'll maybe talk about in a little bit, but that's kind of where we are now. And I think we're going to kind of stick with what we have because most, I mean, people are mostly cool with what we're doing. We have, we have a loyal fan base, which you could join, listener. And we've made some friends along the way, Jimbo. Um, I think right around episode eight, you know, we started toying around. It's with the Wonder Years pilot. We started toying around with the idea of bringing a uh, a differing perspective on for each episode. Besides just two two white bros talking about things, which, as we did our research, we found was quite prevalent on the podcasting scene as well as the internet. So right around episode eight, uh, we invited our friend Mo, who... We were all in the Peace Corps with. We were all in Mozambique from 2009 to 2011 or 12, depending on when you were there and when you left. Um, and Mo was going to jump in for one episode. And then, you know, things went well. Yeah, she's she's been mostly with us. You know, I, I, I think she's bad in about 50 to 60 percent. You've got a one in you've got a one in two, two out of three shot to see Mo on here on a weekly basis. And. You know, it's fine. We've we've had other friends and like other podcast buddies come on in the meantime, too. It's always nice to make friends. Unless you have a lot of friends and it's just annoying, but it's mostly it's nice. True. It's mostly nice. What else we got, Jimbo? I mentioned the survey. So the listeners that have been with us every week have been hearing a lot about this survey. So we did a survey. We didn't get a whole lot of participation. But as I mentioned, the results are pretty much... All, all the changes we made to the podcast over the last year, we have positive feedback on the survey. So we're going to kind of just stick with what we're doing. I think we're going to avoid mini episodes for any show that's not new. So people are interested in mini-sodes for new shows that they haven't seen. They don't, they don't need a mini-sode on whether they should watch MASH. MASH has been out for like 50 years. Like My goal is that I would like to kind of just do good shows for our full our full episodes. If a show is not good, then we should just maybe save it for a rapid fire. People on the survey definitely said they want to listen to us do shows that they that they would want to watch. So if a show's not worth watching, we shouldn't really waste any time on it. Or at least not much time on it. Or just our time of us watching it. And then you don't have to, listener. It's it's like our show is a purpose or something. 
and a couple of our most loyal listeners, our two two of our three most loyal listeners hate Quest for the Best, but unfortunately, nine out of twelve people love it, and the other two or three didn't care enough to to answer the question. And Jimbo hates Quest for the Best, and Mo pretends like she hates Quest for the Best, uh, where we rank all of the pilots that we've watched on a list on our website. Um, at this point, we've watched sixty three pilots. Uh, number one being End of the Effing World. And number 63, where I suspect it shall always remain, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I don't think I hate Quest for the Best, but okay. I think it's your least favorite part of the podcast. No, definitely not. Really? What's your least favorite part? Petard trivia. <laughs> it's kind of fun when you're in it, but after that, it's just kind of a hassle. It's usually really messy editing. Oh, and, and for anyone new, I I do the editing, so I... I have different perspectives on certain aspects because I have to listen to us over and over again. We are pretty polite on Quest for the Best. We don't yell over each other. Patardar, I had this theory that no one actually watches, reads, or listens to anything on the Patardar. It's kind of like 50-50, like half the people do and half the people don't. So we we were that if we were going to drop a section, it would probably be Patardar is the most least liked section of the podcast according to the survey but it's going to stick around and we can keep it keep it brief i'll say this listeners i have partaken in the petardar when we tell you what to put on your radar based on the pilots of petards episode and jimbo i i've listened to that podcast you told me to listen to and then yeah so that's so that wraps up the survey the survey uh you know if you would like to contribute to the podcast you want to hear in the world, you can still take that survey. It, it will remain open until Survey Monkey shuts me down. Thanks, Survey Monkey. You know we would like feedback. We're always looking for feedback. We want to make the show better. So what's to come? Originally, I wanted to be successful. I don't really care about that anymore. Drew, you, you want to add on that? I wanted to do this while it's fun. Originally, I wanted to do something for a year. I'd had a few creative ventures where um, I'd quit. You know, or I'd stop doing it, or I did something else instead. And I'm in this bad place where I care enough that I want to do something creative, but I get tired, or there's things I want to do instead of the hard work that is creating something. And so that's kind of a shitty place to be. Um, but this was cool. I liked the accountability, I liked having partners. I think that it was very interesting to do a creative venture with someone else. I learned a lot about compromise, even if Jimbo is probably going to make a face, even if he's not actually making one on the screen. <laughs> I do think I learned about compromise. I do think I learned about accountability. And like, you know, it was very cool. Like uh, my wife, as we were getting closer and closer to a year, I, uh, she kind of like made fun of me. She didn't make bad fun of me. But like a couple of years ago, I was trying to write a novel over the summer because I'm a teacher and I had a little time off. And I got to the the in in my count the fourth draft where i was actually writing words on a page like i had like a series of longer and longer outlines and then i just got to a point where i had to write what the characters were saying man it is real depressing to write a bad novel even though that's part of the process and so i i still have 23 pages of a bad novel and i i guess i have to go back to it someday but i'm proud you know i wanted to do this for a year and now we've been doing this for more than a year. So that was my original goal, and we did it. Feels good. I kind of accomplished one of my original goals as well. I think I wanted to get 
like an author or a podcaster that I had listened to before the podcast on. And I actually did. We had uh, Jack Wilson from the History of Literature podcast, which is one of my favorite podcasts. He was a guest on our podcast. I actually didn't realize how popular and successful his podcast was, or I might not even tried, but he has he's had over a million downloads. And so he's been doing his podcast for probably three or four or maybe five years. I've had a little bit of correspondence with him. He's a very cool guy. Very awesome podcast if you're into literature. And he was a guest on the Cheers episode. And that is a very good um, Pilots of Batards episode. That's one of my favorites. He was very insightful and very smart. I think the podcasts are cool and I think they're fun when like you want to join the conversation and kind of like be friends with the people who are doing the podcast and after we recorded with him, I was like, wow, I bet you it's cool to be that guy's friend. He sounded like a good dad, too. It's probably cool to be his kids. That's a weird thing about podcasting is you you almost feel like you you know these people that, that you don't know. And like you like tweet them and you like think you're like your buddies with them. And then you realize when they don't respond, it's like, oh, yeah, we're not buddies. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're like, oh, yeah, like 10,000 people downloaded that podcast. So. It's okay. If you want to be friends with us, you can get on the ground floor because if you tweet at us, we will respond. Yes, listeners, we we don't have a million downloads, so we will respond to you. You can very much be a part of this. In fact, this is this is one one thing that I do want. I would like people to interact. I, I think that's my favorite part about a podcast is is kind of being continuing a discussion and thinking about about ideas. So I would love to discuss and think about ideas in further depth. It's 2019. We need like a psychological term for like thinking that you're friends with like a podcast you listen to and then realizing that like, no, those people are not your friends, but they appreciate you. Uh, De Niro. We should find De Niro's character from uh, the fan. Oh shit. Yeah. I was like, I was like, are you saying, <laughs> are you saying money in a really weird, not Italian accent? Yeah. I remember the fan. It's a dumb movie, dude. <laughs> But I watched it. It's an interesting idea. Well, it hit you and I. We're almost the same age. We're like right in that yeah, sweet we probably, spot of. We must have been in high school or something. Yeah, it was like it was that sweet spot of like I'll watch anything that's on TV. Why? Because it's on TV. Yeah, Wesley Snipes and Robert De Niro. Man, Wesley Snipes never gets to love as a '90s movie action icon that he should. Remember Drop Zone? Is that the train one? No. Oh man, dude, Parker Lewis can't lose. Is his buddy in like a heist movie where Wesley Snipes has to infiltrate a group of bank robbers who are also skydivers. So it's kind of like Point Break, but with skydiving. Yeah, okay. That sounds a little familiar. It's okay. I feel like in the same way that like Die Hard like inspired many movies, it was just like Die Hard like on a plane or Die Hard in a train and stuff. I feel like Point Break had the same lame like cop has to learn action movie or like has to learn action sport to infiltrate the extreme bank robbers. Wesley Snipes did his. I'm fine with that. Nice. Okay. So Robert De Niro's character in the fan, the movie where he decides he's going to assassinate his favorite baseball player because the guy won't be his friend or something. Mm. His name is Gil Rennard. So I think it could be, um, Rennard or Gilling, Gilling, Gilling. Oh, Oh, that's the name. Oh, I thought we were gonna name our. I thought we were gonna name our fans. I was like, "Yeah, let's call them Gills," except that's dark and weird. Yeah, but that yeah, is dark. I'd be okay with that. So, hoisters, you are gonna remain hoisters, and anyone that feels like they're friends with a podcast they listen to is a gill. Is a gill? 
Yeah, man, you're gilling hard. Dude, I gill, I gill pretty hard for a couple podcasts. Same. And then another idea that I had thrown around that I kind of would maybe like to stick with, and may, may, maybe we should for now on, I think we should make this project, the Pilots and Petards podcast, for our daughters in the future so they can decide which old TV shows they should watch and which ones they shouldn't. I, I have... About halfway through the podcast, one thing that kept pushing me through that initial year was so many kind of fun, interesting things kept happening to us. And like, there's a very rich vein of shop talk right around when you found out that your life partner was five months pregnant. And then like you jumped on a podcast. I wish I knew what episode it was, but sometimes Mo is late. Sometimes I am late. You are never late or I mean, <laughs> before you had a kid. But then one time you were kind of late, like 10 or 15 minutes late. And then when you hopped on, I can't remember if you, I think you dropped the news on us before the show started or you told us. No, I told you during shop talk. I told you during shop talk. Nice. Yeah. You told us during (laughs) shop talk. And at that point I was like, we started this in Thanksgiving when my daughter was, my oldest daughter was like less than one years old. You had a baby. I had another baby and I missed a couple episodes. I think this is a very cool thing that we're doing, not just because it's cool to talk about TV shows. And I love hanging out with you for an hour every week and I love hanging out with Mo, but yeah, you're right. Like someday this will be something that our daughters can play on their, you know, wrist chip computer devices that are embedded underneath their skin. Oh, they'll just straight implant it straight to their brain. They just download it into their brain. But uh, yeah, you know, I've, I've thought about that in our Seventh Heaven episode, especially like the further we get away from that one and like you talking to me about letting my daughter date whoever like, dude, I'm fucking cool with that because now it's starting to bug me whenever like uh, Emma is like talking to a little boy or like Emma sees a thing and they're all like, are you going to lock her up? Are you going to like do all these things? I'm like, no, like I'm going to let her date, you know, like she can do what she wants. And like if she like starts dating like someone who's like a catch i'll be like good job score like fuck that gender norm like bullshit like we can celebrate emma pulling some good tail when she's 11 years old nope she will date when she's 16 and we will have a very what we can have rules that was not what you said on the show that is pretty much exactly (laughs) what i said on the show you asked me if i was going to warn her to stay away from boys and to not date and to do all these things, you can have rules in your home. And I think one of our rules will be when you can drive a car, you can go out on dates. I think before that, not appropriate in my opinion. She'll also get a phone when she's 14. Whoa. Why does she need a phone? We'll see, dude. Why she I'll, need a I'll phone? be very surprised if she's 13 and a half without a phone. I There's 13-year-olds in my school that don't have phones. They're fine. Dude, they're probably not as fine as you think. They're probably poor. Mm, not these kids. That's, yeah. Oh, well, that's fine. From my experience teaching sixth graders, the only kids that didn't have phones, it was more like because they were poor. I think they got made fun of for not having phones. I think that's real. I think most kids get made fun of for everything. Uh, okay. By the way, who can't fucking get access to a phone? If every other parent was like you, then none of the kids would have phones. They'd all just be phoneless. But yeah, I think she'll have no problems finding someone with a phone. Exactly. Like, you need to get me, like, fucking get a phone from someone. When are you going to give uh, little uh, JJ a phone? Depends, man. I'll give her one whenever, you know, earlier. That's fine. I mean, when it, it depends. I Like, I definitely don't want her addicted to her phone. So that's, 
I think that's where you, you know, nice, a nice Buddhist middle ground. Shrek breath was not happy about our, uh, our surface level analysis of like phone addiction and screen time. It's okay. He's a, he's a loyal listener. Yeah. What was, so he, he thought that we were negative against it or what? No, just that we didn't necessarily look into like enough correlative study. Cause like basically our point was that there's no direct evidence, um, that the phones and stuff are going to lead to those things, but there's a lot of correlative evidence because there's like, you can't prove that this directly causes that, but there's a high correlation between like use of phones and screens and some negative behaviors and some negative consequences. And basically what he was saying was that it's hard to do a scientific study on a group of children where you know that like the control group is going to be fine and the experimental group might be damaged. I mean, I kind of, I kind of feel like at least one of us said something like that, but I kind of hung back because, I mean, Mo sounded like the people in her group had read some articles. And I was like, well, I've read some stuff, but, I mean, it's not saying anything new. It was interesting. But, you know, people love the dangling threads. That did show up pretty well in the survey. What about you, Jimbo? Are you going to are you gonna applaud JJ getting getting some good dates? I, have, I haven't really gotten there yet. She's She hasn't even started crawling yet, so um, I think I have some time to think about it. I'm hoping that she won't need to have a date to feel good about herself or she won't need a man or a woman to, to complete her. So, so I'm, so I'm hoping that, that if, you know, if she wants to be with someone, she will because she wants to, not because she needs to. I'm not sure if that answers your question. It's okay. Time makes fools of us all, but uh little JJ, little Emma, little messy. If you're listening to this in 2030, 20, 35 2040 no they're not going to listen till till they're probably 30 they're definitely going to be way too preoccupied in their teens probably in their 20s they're going to be a little busy as well unless they're really nerdy is is the cruel reality going to be that like i'm going to be dead and like the kids are going to be packing oh, up my yes. stuff and then they'll be packing up this weird microphone and this pop filter and be like did dad have a podcast let's listen they're going to know about your podcast because I have a feeling you're going to talk about it a lot. <laughs> See, here's the thing. I'm not sure that I'm going to talk about it as much as like my wife's going to make fun of me. Because like we'll be talking about a time and we'll be remembering when the kids were little and she'll probably start complaining and being like, and once a week for two hours, you would go downstairs. So she, my wife has a tricky memory when it's anti Drew stories. It's crystal clear. And when it's, uh, you know, little on the not great for Tory side, you know, just the details tend to slip away. So I'll remember this podcast fondly. I don't know. Are you going to bring it up in everyday conversation when we're done? Should we just plan to do this until we die? And then the kids will have to know about it. I mean, I don't really see a whole lot of reason to talk about it when we're done. Besides, I mean, you know, if it comes up, it comes up. I, I, I wouldn't necessarily not bring it up. Our our friend Forrest sent us a meme that said that um, having a podcast is going to be the tramp stamp of the 2010s. Oh, yeah. Yep, we got ours. That's clever. I, I see what you did there. Memer. I'm also the type of person where I meet people that were in the Marine Corps, and I just say, oh, cool. And they will more than likely never know that I was in the Marine Corps because I just don't really care about like having Marine Corps bond with them. 
Same same thing with the peace card too. I was like, about to say, I was like, I, I know you don't say shit to other volunteers. I mean, pe- pe- people in the peace card, I say, oh, cool. <laughs> like sometimes I'll ask them a question, and then they'll be like, "Were you in the peace card?" I was like, "Oh yeah, I was in Mozambique." Uh, Jimbo, I feel like someday you're, you're going to be outside the middle school picking up little JJ, and someone will be like, "You'll be like, oh, you're the kid, cool." Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, I could see myself being very similar with the podcast. It depends on who I'm talking to. And I guess if I if I don't want the person to listen, there's really no reason to bring it up. More than likely, the podcast is going to be there. It's not necessarily going to disappear. <sighs> we can just start rebroadcasting the old ones. Or it would be really fun if we just started like rewatching. Oh, I old hate shows. when podcasts do that, man. Don't you hate that? When they show old shows? Yeah, it sucks. I've either listened to them or I'm like, that's no longer relevant to my life. We didn't record anything new, but here's this old thing we did three years ago. But yeah, Jimbo, if you want our very last episode to be The West Wing, My Name is Earl was the second episode. And also on the My Name is Earl episode, I objected to like kind of like appropriating the phrase karma. I then did a bunch of internet research and it seems like on English speaking websites. Yeah, people just don't give a shit. I still avoid the phrase, but it's fine. Mostly because I don't want people to like to take Jewish words and like co-op them. Let's see other early episodes that we can reminisce man the this is us pilot is still really good we ranked that one correctly the crown is boring we should have pushed it further down no nah, yeah so it looks like we're talking about quest for the best and worst so let's so let's pop sopranos in there sopranos is boring here's the thing about sopranos and the quest for the best sopranos is boring but i think it was like a meta commentary on you know, how shitty, like, our American values are and how if you get everything that you want based on, like, you know, our materialistic culture, you're still going to be unhappy because everyone's unhappy at, like, their core. I get that. It was still boring. So let's scroll to the part of the list where, like, there's boring shit. Like the middle. The middle's all pretty boring. All right. So 66 pilots. That makes the middle 33. Number 33 is the Castle Rock Pirate pilot severance i would put that above sopranos because something exciting happened in that pilot how about lost or boy, boy meets world something interesting happened in boy meets world i don't think anything interesting yeah, happened but boy in meets sopranos. world sucks dude no i disagree i th- the guy's the head of the mob and he's going to see a psychiatrist and he's crying about ducks like that's funny dude and that's interesting I think the show was worth doing a full episode on just because I kind of like the dynamic of Tony Soprano and being like the macho man that's maybe not as macho and maybe like regrets how he got stuck in the position where he is. But I mean, the stuck is like the part because I feel like there were two disparate threads there. I think there was a question about masculinity, but that was more between Tony and his nephew, like whoever that guy was, you know, the dude with the shitty haircut who kills the guy. Yeah, Christopher. Christopher, yeah. I feel like that was one. The idea of contentment was a separate thread that I wouldn't necessarily have tied together with their ideas on masculinity. I think that was more like a commentary on like America yeah, sure. and consumerism. Well, yeah, there's, well, there's two different things going on. Yeah. I feel like one, well, I feel like if they picked one, it would have been better. But I yeah, it's a it's a good show. I remember watching it. I feel like if I watched it now, some of the like gloss would come off a little bit and the pilot's definitely yeah boring yeah i didn't look this up because we weren't gonna record that that show but 
I was wondering how much was this baking on banking on an audience of like mob genre because I kind of remember that gaudy HBO for TV movie and it's a little it's a little bit after you know Goodfellas and a bunch of those other really popular '90s mob movies but but I kind of feel like the audience just really interested in mob film was still there and so I think they were able to kind of slowly develop and tell the story because they they knew that people were going to watch it that's a theory i have the strongest parts of the show for me the parts that i enjoyed the most was like the meta commentary on like the pop culture of the mafia so i mean that's that's definitely a strain that's in there i love how he like fucks up the godfather line and he's like dumbass it's pretty funny i i'm warming to this a little bit i could go okay so i think i mean i think boy meets world is not very good. I think the nostalgia was very much helping Boy Meets World. See, I would say Boy Meets World is probably appropriately placed, and we have a couple sitcoms, like 10 or so spots above it, which we could probably push back towards more where Boy Meets World is. Because I feel like Boy Meets World, along with Married with Children, and along with, like, if we put another show or two down there, like, maybe even we could push Cheers down, um, are kind of, like, you know, sitcoms, sitcoms that follow a trope, sitcoms that do a certain thing, and they're fine, they do it well, but how does I feel bad so high? All right. I was curious about that, yeah. Cause the problem is we have we have we have a show like Married with Children that you hate and I like. So the compromise is it goes in between. Same thing with um The Crown or South or South Park. I mean you have some where like someone really liked it and someone didn't. I guess Freaks and Geeks, someone must have really liked that show because I'm surprised it's oh, above Freaks Kimmy Schmidt. Oh, is not as bad as you remember it. Dude, it's bad, man. All right. Well, you know what? When we do the rewatch, when we go back and we watch all the pilots again, because that's what How Did This Get Made is going to do, fix the list. But until then, if we want to slide in The Sopranos between Boy Meets World and Lost, I'm fine with that. Let's do it. There it goes. Cobra Kai should go higher. See, no, it's, that's... It's okay. We stole from a podcast that I like. We can like shows that, that are bad. Like, there's a bunch of bad shows that you can like. I feel like... Like Firefly. Fire, like, Firefly is, it... is not a good pilot, but it's it's fine if you like it. Like, it's it, there's a lot of things to like about that series, so it's okay if you like it. Jimbo, we're going to hit 100 pilots on the quest for the best someday. It's going to get to three digits. Especially if we do some uh, rapid-fire episodes. Since we're reflecting a little bit, I guess I'll add some more some more reflection. Um, the honeymoon phase is definitely over. This is a this is more than just a hobby at this point. It kind of feels like work. Uh, man, if I never watched another pilot again, like I wouldn't care. Like watching pilots is like just just eating at me, man. Especially the ones that aren't good, and most of them aren't. I feel like for me, I've become a jaded television viewer, and I actually had so much fun rewatching like all of the Games of Thrones episodes because like I was just able to enjoy it and not have to think about highs and lows and dangling threads and all this shit. I've become such a cynical television watcher, and I I feel like I haven't even been able to like start a show while we've been doing this. Have you started watching anything new? I guess you watched Miss Maisel. Yeah, I've I've watched Miss Maisel, Killing Eve, and Barry, and Into the Fucking World. So yeah, so so I watched four of the shows that that we did. Uh, I watched End of the Effing World. 
And I think I watched Game of Thrones. I want to watch One Punch Man. Anything else? Uh, I watched Rick and Morty all the way through once. You know what? Helen and I watched Westworld. Westworld's interesting. It's not... They reverse engineered the story so much where it's kind of clever, but it's too much work. All right. Westworld spoiler. Do you like everybody's is a host? Everybody's a host? Pretty much. Like, like not everybody, but An- Anthony Hopkins is a, is a host. The guy Bernard, the black guy that was, that was another one of the techs host? is a host. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's cool. <laughs> I wish I'd watched it. That's a good twist. It's the exact thing that I brought up. At what point do you just not care about robots? And that's it's so hard to keep watching that show because almost all the main characters are robots. Like, do I really care about a robot? Not really. No, not really. And if every I mean, and then you never know who is a real person. So like, do I even care about any of these characters? What if what if they're a host? No, who actually cares? So yeah, so that so that so that was one I watched. That's about it, dude. For a show about us watching pilots and figuring out which pilots are good, we we yeah we have not watched that many. Man, you know I was so close to watching Pose. Life happens. Oh yeah. Um, Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I watched. I, I probably watched like ten to twenty episodes the week or two after we watched. I did actually go back and watch a couple of the episodes based on that one post. I read One Punch Man up to maybe volume four or five, and then the public library didn't have whatever volume that I that I was on. And then I tried to, I went to go buy it and the bookstore didn't have it. So I just easily forgot about it. This is us. This is us. I watched season two of season three is out right, right now. And I stopped. It's the fate of every continuous television show. Yeah. I had not heard good things about season two. How does the dad die? And this is us. So that's so annoying. They ended an episode where you thought he was going to die, like drinking and driving and he didn't. The house burns oh, down. God. And Kate's stupid dog is in the house. And she's crying about her dog. So Jack goes back in to get her dog. He fucking dies in the fire to get the dog? He does come out, actually. He saves the dog. He, dies, he dies in the hospital. They drew out his death so bad. Lungs are hard or whatever. Am I going to get judged really hardcore because I'm not a dog person? And I'm like, you had three kids, man. You shouldn't have gone in the house. Does his family resent him? Wow. They built up his death so much that I'm glad I don't watch that show. So there was a thing that takes place between Kevin and Randall where Kevin calls out Randall because Kevin was with his girlfriend at the time. Uh Uh-huh. And I think he maybe snuck out or something. But anyways, so Kevin was out with, with his girlfriend. And then so he, at the funeral, him and Randall get in a fight and Kevin's like, I wouldn't have let dad go in and like Kevin's like calling him out for like, not like not being a man. Oh shit. Yeah. Do they hate the dog? I can't remember. Uh, it's not the dog's fault. Whatever. Yeah. It's not the dog's fault, but uh, some people are dog people. I think most people, even people that are dog people would agree that a human's life is more valuable than a dog's life. And so, yeah, you are risking a lot to go back and save a dog. Oh man. That's just like, the the house wasn't like a little bit on fire. Like the house was like campfire on Jesus. fire. Like it was super on fire. <laughs> okay, cool. Well, I'm glad I know that. Yeah. You know, like I was like, I think I was like waiting and I was like, I'll go back to this is us someday. Um, I'm so happy you told me that. Cause I'm never going to go back and watch that show now. You can still go back and watch it. There's, there's so many, like, there's so many good parts about that show. The problem is 
is they just keep adding in crap when they don't need to because they want to stretch the story out. Like, just tell their story and start a new show. I know. I'll watch a Randall Supercut on, like, whatever comes after YouTube someday. Yeah, I think we're good, huh? Yep. This has been a great show to jump in on. You learned a little bit about uh, Pilots and Batards. If you're a longtime fan, you heard some cool behind-the-scenes stuff. And if you're somewhere in between, hopefully uh, this is something you get down with. Every day I'm hoistling Drew out. Every day we hoistling Jimbo out. <laughs>